0: and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything now. You wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at CiampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, eighteen plus. might wonder why I don't sing along. Well, I, I guess I'm already risking a copyright infringement suit by using this song. I don't want to get uh, defamation thrown at me as well. But at any rate, it is the Bible Geek, and I, Robert M. Price, am the Bible Geek. Uh, got an interesting question about translation. A E Nock and the Concordant Literal New Testament. I'm curious if you have ever heard of or read this translation at Concordant.org. That is C O N C O R D A N T.org. Also, what is your? Well, uh, let me uh, let me uh, deal with that uh, first and go into a particular translation as you can ask us about. I uh, got a copy of the Concordant uh, New Testament a couple of years ago out at Powell's Books in Oregon when I was there for a Lovecraft film festival I'd heard about it for a long time and didn't have it hadn't seen it so I grabbed it didn't know it was available online uh, I've not yet read it, but let me share with you the wisdom of a, a fundamentalist scholar, Herbert Dennett, in a book that Moody Press put out a long time ago. I bet you can still find it on abe.com or something, but it came out in 65 uh, in London. Uh, Moody Press put it out in 66. It's called A Guide to Modern Versions of the New Testament. This is a fascinating book. If you're a Bible geek... Uh, it was before the big, uh, you know, Revised Standard, uh, well, I guess that had come out, but uh, before the, uh, the huge uh, glut of uh, committee translations. And uh, it deals with a lot of them. You hardly ever see or hear quoted anymore, but they're very interesting. This is, this is a good book to guide you in collecting translations of the New Testament. A great hobby, which I practiced. My mentor, David Scholler, did, and you on it as well. Sure, it's fun to compare them. I got shelves of news estimates here, but um, here's what Dennett says about it, or most of it. It has already been stressed that it is not the business of the Bible translator to trespass into the realm of interpretation, certainly not in dispensational matters. But this is just what the author of the Concordant Version does. This translation is dominated by what might be called ultra-dispensational tendencies, which developed toward the end of the last century, the 19th Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians, the prison epistles as they're often called, are here labeled Paul's perfection epistles and it is declared that they are emphatically the truth for the present age. This is in accord with the teaching about the imaginary dispensational door which Paul is alleged to have slammed to in the closing verses of Acts thus shutting the Jewish people out of blessings in the church. In contrast to this exaltation of these three epistles, the so-called Catholic epistles, James Peter, Jude, and John also Hebrews are labeled the circumcision epistles and the translator rashly declares that quote they do not apply at all to the present interval of God's gracious dealings with the nations unquote certainly James Peter and the writer of the Hebrews primarily address Christians who were originally Jews though this does not detract from their current value but to speak of John's writings as being inapplicable at the present time is plain nonsense It is not surprising to find a version based on such ideas unsatisfactory in other directions, too. The first thing noticed in the original full edition of the work is a Greek text occupying half of each alternate page. But this Greek text is in fact a piece of pompous window dressing to impress the unlearned, for not one reader in ten thousand could make anything of it. The reason for this is that the Greek characters are all in a special form of half capitals known as unseals, with no space between the words and no punctuation. This is in fact an imitation of the form of lettering used on the great manuscripts of the 4th century. Even a person well accustomed to reading the ordinary printed Greek New Testament could decipher this text but slowly and laboriously, unless he were a specialist in ancient manuscripts. To reproduce this form here is a pretentious claim to scholarship. With this unusual Greek text, there is a word-for-word interlinear rendering in English, here called a sublinear. How little value this can be to the ordinary reader may be judged from the literal rendering of 1 Peter 3.21. Not of flesh from placing of filth, but of con- <laughs> of conscience good inquiry into God through upstanding of Jesus un- Some further idea of the exaggerated claims made for this version may be gathered from a paragraph under the heading The Grammatical Standards, quote No one unacquainted with the original can have any idea of the lack of grammatical consistency in current and accepted translations. The same form is rendered past, present, and future when it should be translated uniformly, unquote. Any competent translator will know that a single tense in one language should not always be rendered by the same tense in another language. As a result of this policy, there is in this version a constant use of what is called the continuous present tense in English, whether or not the effect is idiomatic. Quote, On the morrow he is observing Jesus coming toward him. John one twenty nine. Now Peter is averring to them. Acts 2.38 the awkward tense form of the pompous aburring are characteristic of this version. What is wrong with the simple then Peter said to them? Acts 1.3, being visualized to them, is another example of the needlessly formal word. The use of ecclesia for church even in the well-known passage in Matthew 16, 18 is another example of the pretentiousness of the version. Similar is the use of the affected, as affected eons for ages in Hebrews 1, 2. Because this is a decidedly literal version and tries to use the same English word for the same Greek one, hence the name concordant. It does give careful attention to synonyms and the use of the definite article, though there is a slip in John 3.10 where the article is wrongly omitted. It is a pity that some orthodox versions do not emulate the concordant in such accuracy while avoiding its many defects. In the recent international edition of the version, there is a long list of signs and abbreviations somewhat along the somewhat on the lines of those found in the Newberry Bible. These signs indicate singular and plural in the particular preposition in the original and similar details. Uh, let's, uh, in the early Fuller edition, actual English text occupies only half of each page facing the Greek The other half is devoted to extensive notes. The attribution of John 16.11, linked with 12.31 and 14.30, the chief of this world, uh, that is making it refer to Christ rather than to Satan, will evidence how wild the interpretations in these notes can be. Uh, very helpful I'd say Um, I I don't however I mean he's balanced he finds a lot to criticize but he finds some good stuff in there to tell you the truth I find eccentric New Testament translations especially worth looking at I mean I want the ones that seem a little more stage too but I'm kind of curious about oddball possibilities and people that uh, decide to focus on them. So that's okay with me. I especially want the weird ones. But this book goes into just loads of these, like the Moffat version, the Weymouth version, the Norley translation, uh, the... um well J.B. Phillips uh, Tory 's translation from the Aramaic retranslation the Berkeley version Westminster, Charles Williams just loads of them Blaubach, R.H. Knox a good speed, just stuff you don't even see anymore. And uh, I recommend this book. I wish I knew who uh, Herbert Dennett was. They don't really say anything about him. It's a very, very fascinating book. And I, I urge you to get it a, a Guide to Modern Versions of the New Testament. Now, related question here about translation. Uh, what is your take on the Greek word ionion being mistranslated eternal instead of ionian? being that ion is a noun meaning eon or age. And ionion is is only the adjective form of this word, as I've been told. Seems to me this would be the same as translating yearly, daily, or hourly as eternal and eliminating their distinction. Uh, I uh, decided to go along with uh, the um, translation you're suggesting. I read it first in a very interesting argument by a colonial era, uh, I think, Congregationalist, uh, Minister Charles Chauncey, who had privately come to believe in universal salvation and wrote a book with a very long title, something about the uh, mystery hidden for ages and ages, etc., etc., it was reprinted in the 60s so you can probably find the thing if I can come up with a title but it's Charles Chauncey and he uh, is trying to deal with the question uh does the New Testament say there is eternal damnation or eternal torture, or for that matter, that there is uh, some timeless state of bliss that the saved enter into? And he says, well, no, uh, not necessarily, because the word uh, eternal, so-called, really goes back to, as as you say, uh, Ional if I can mix uh, to... suffix with it, Uh, that means unto the ages, or throughout the ages, or until the end of the ages. Now, granted, that doesn't necessarily mean much difference in any given case. Uh, It it, uh, could wind up really meaning the same thing as forever. And that might be the best way to translate it sometimes, but i tried in the pre-Nicene New Testament to take what Chauncey said seriously and to uh, speak of life for the, uh, for the ages and so forth, uh, damned for the ages or unto the ages, because sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean forever. And uh, so I think that's uh, it's, it's a little cumbersome, I admit, but it's worth trying to preserve that. It's not clear to me that eternity uh, really does, is what the New Testament is getting at all the time. Good question there. Uh, but that's what we're always dealing with here on The Bible Geek. So, see you next time.